0: By the time you hear this podcast, you'll find out what happens when you have the soul of Sam Cooke, but the mouth of Muhammad Ali.
1: Uh, Folks, please welcome Terrence
0: Trent Darby.
2: don't know much about history. Don't know much biology, don't know much about science books, don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love you, and I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world. This
1: would
2: be Don't know much about geometry Don't know much trigonometry Don't know much about algebra And I don't know what a slide rules for one and one is two, and if this world could be with you, what a wonderful world this would be. I, I don't claim to be an a student, but I'm trying to be. I think that maybe. I baby, then I could win your love for me. Don't know much about the Middle Ages. Look at the pictures, I just turned the pages. Don't know much about the rise for Don't know much about nothing at all.
0: Welcome to. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben, and we are back with another episode. This is number thirty-eight. Close to forty. <laughs> Close to forty. Should we do something special for forty? I mean, we can. um, I. I mean,
3: yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, would it? I. This. This is just an odd request and not to throw shade in any other guests, but let's get Hawk Jones back on here. <laughs> if we do All that, right. he goes by a different name now though. Like, uh, is it boss Clef or something like that? Um, on the yeah. Instagram? Yeah. He goes by a different names. Says like formerly Hawk Jones. And yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. We switching it up here. Yeah. But no, I'd like to get him back on here. He's, he's fun.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, if you're listening, you know what, uh, let's, um, collaborate and listen, no, uh, <laughs> just collaborate <laughs> and, uh, figure out how we can, uh, put that together. So, um, if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you very much for yes, listening. Yes, we do appreciate it. Um, if you want to tell someone how they can listen to our podcast, there are a variety of ways that can be done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'd like for you to, uh, go to our website by the time you hear this.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I did figure out a way we can backdate oh, uh, our previous episodes. So okay. we'll be working on that little by little, um, and all the episodes will definitely be on the website. Um, you can follow us or subscribe to us on Podomatic mm-hmm. or iTunes, uh, leave us a review in either of those places or both of those places. Yeah. yeah. We would Don't definitely appreciate yourself. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, um, well, you can also listen. Uh, if you use other apps like uh, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn, Google Play, I think, that's I think that was <laughs> it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, um, I'm going to yeah. put that on a card for us. Yeah, so <laughs> <don't always> <laughs> We we'll need to remember. Well, <laughs> let me let me check one more one more time. Let's, let one me check game. here. Yeah. iTunes, Podomatic, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. Okay. So six places to hear. Us. Yeah. No excuse. No excuses. Yeah. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash. By the time you hear this spelled with the word, you that's mm-hmm. the same spelling for the website as well. If you want to follow us on Instagram at, by the time you hear this with the letter you, because we're upstanding. Yes. I almost said the other one. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is, And that spelling is the same for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. If you seem confused about the spelling of different things, if you read our episode description, the proper spelling is for each, you know, each place that we have described here. Yes. So um, you won't have any confusion there. And um, yeah, that's it. So let's get yeah. into it, man. Yeah, let's go. All right. So uh, I didn't know this festival existed until yesterday. I found out this morning. <laughs> um, if you yeah. really want to call it a festival, let me Well, it. it was supposed to be a festival. It's something like a, like a festival. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fiasco. Yeah. Ah, the other mm-hmm. F <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, yeah. we're talking about the fire festival. Spelled with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Fire with a Y. Yeah. Um, I don't get that either. Yeah. But. Yeah. okay so first of all uh i guess ja rule it was he it was this his idea it seems like it so there's so basically in
3: in doing some research because it seemed like at first that ja rule was the founder of of fire festival if you will yeah but there's another gentleman and i can't find his name but apparently the guy who founded it like has a history of ripping people off
1: mm.
3: <laughs> um and this is just another one of it seems like this would be another one of his ways to rip people off um I was reading earlier this morning about how he created something similar to a black card for people who can't afford a black card, but still want a black card.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. And like, it's apparently it's really screwy and kind of scammy. And this looks like he was like with this, all right, let's create a festival that is really luxury. And it's, it's going to be cater It's going to cater towards, you know, the rich people. And it's going to be $12,000 a pop to get down here. Um, and you're going to have like luxury cabanas and you'll have, you know, bottle service and free drinks and
0: private So jets. it was going to, that's what like, um, Tomorrowland for the people who, who would pony up the money mm-hmm. would have, they would have, mm, they'd yeah. be able to see the stage, but they would also have like a luxury tent or area. Yeah. That's what it kind of um, sounds like pool, but in food and stuff, mm-hmm. but they actually got that. Yeah. That's what they know? were supposed <laughs> to get here. Yeah. And, um, none of that came. <laughs> Um, then that came to pass. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I know, I knew right off the top is people were showing that they got, uh, they're supposed to get food and they got like cheese sandwiches and a salad. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> that was the vegetarian. obviously. Was- <laughs> <you know?
3: laughs> yeah. It's like a piece of bread with cheese on it and lettuce and tomatoes to the side. Like, you know,
0: um, in but- one of those styrofoam carry out yeah. trays that, you know, you get at the church. The church picnic or whatever.
3: You have to ask yourself, would Ja Rule eat that? Because <laughs> I mean, that's that's whose name. So I mean, of course, like the other person, we don't even know his name, but Ja Rule's name is on this, and of course, yeah. he's freaking out. You
0: know? uh, that was the that was the main thing, and the article I'm reading is like the first day of the fire festival. It was like, okay, so they kept going
3: with this. <laughs> hey, people paid good <laughs> money, man. They was trying to they was trying to wait,
0: man. So of course, this this festival took place in the Bahamas. So Mm -hmm. you're already paying money to for the flight to get there.
3: So the flight was supposed to be included in your twelve thousand dollars.
0: Okay, people were paying between four thousand and two hundred and fifty thousand.
3: Yeah, it was. This was too good to be true. He's probably off somewhere laughing with money. Um, If it's too good to be true,
0: it might be. Okay, so um, in a statement uh, released to Rolling Stone, Mm -hmm. uh, Ja Rule said he is heartbroken about the the first day, the disastrous first day. Mm-hmm. So that's what maybe they kept mm-hmm. going. Um, he did, he is a co-creator. Yeah. Okay. okay. And he promised to issue refunds and he reiterated that the festival was not a scam.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, he said that his first priority was to ensure that festival attendees who are still stranded in the eczemas are transported safely off the Island. So mm-hmm. there are people who couldn't even get there.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it says we're working right now getting everyone off the island safely. That is my immediate concern. Just to go to the concert at, or the festival itself, a thousand dollars per ticket at least. Uh and they were supposed to include acts such as Blink one eighty two, good music and disclosure.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh Blink one eighty two cancelled their performance. Yeah. And I kind of, I think they, they mm-hmm. like, like, this isn't yeah. right. Well, Something's they
3: said, right. they said that they would not have had enough. They wouldn't have had the facilities to put on a good show for their fans, which says to me, AKA like everything's bad. Yeah, They don't and have they, their shit together. They don't have anything <laughs> together. And if we go down
0: here, <laughs> we'll be stranded. too. <laughs> we'll probably be stranded.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, it was supposed to be an Mm all-inclusive resort-like type of festival. Um, Okay. That was not important. Um, (laughs) So um, when people got there on Thursday, they found the area was a garbage drone site, severely lacking the many amenities they were promised. Yeah. Uh, Probably. So no toilets, probably no Mm -hmm. showers, especially
3: no luxury cabins with bottle service. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there
0: were, there were some tents.
3: <laughs> yeah, there were tents with like, like folding chairs and like a table in the middle. Yeah, the tents were white.
1: That of was course. the only thing
3: they got right. Like, there were white tents, but yeah, that was about it. It was pretty bad. And I mean, like all joking aside, like this is a complete shit show.
0: It was supposed to be two weekends. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy enough. So like so blink two cancel their performance And festival goers who were traveling to the island were informed that because the festival was already over capacity, they would not continue on to fire. Uh, Those who did make to the festival were greeted by feral dogs. So wild dogs, basically robbed, (laughs) shoddy tents, a lack of security or festival employees. Um, So not enough people working the festival and meals consisting of cheese and bread. That's amazing.
3: I mean, I, let's be real though. Like, if you got a fire going, that's a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> that's a grilled cheese. If you got a little bit of butter, that's a grilled cheese sandwich. Like,
0: and and salad. They yeah, got some and sal- salad. There was some lettuce and tomato on the side. Maybe there's some tomato soup. Yeah. So you know, and
3: for the people complaining there was no dressing, well, that's not healthy. <laughs> Unless you've got a nice balsamic vinaigrette, it's not healthy. So, and you know, rich people are all about being healthy. So you know
0: uh yeah i saw i saw some pictures um on all deaf digital had a uh um they have a segment called the Drop in which they talk about you know whatever mm-hmm. pop culture thing is going on and they talked about this there was a picture of the tray oh was so funny of the cheese sandwich
3: <laughs> the sandwich of shame like that was. Yeah, that that, that that was that that kind of took the cake for me. Like when I saw <laughs> um, like you paid how much for this?
0: OK, maybe they didn't keep going. Uh, it said the festival was ultimately postponed indefinitely. Yeah. So people who went have to now find their way back mm-hmm. home. Um, And he says, uh, I'm heartbroken at this moment. This is Ja Rule. My partners and I wanted this to be an amazing event. It was not a scam, as everyone is reporting. I don't know how everything went so left but I'm working to make it right by making sure everyone is refunded. I truly apologize as this is not my fault but I'm taking responsibility. I'm deeply sorry to everyone who was inconvenienced by this. Mm. If he was really sorry,
3: he'd be down there entertaining them as they were as they wait.
0: Mm-hmm. People still go see Ja Rule in concert. Um, Has, did Dave yeah. Chappelle post anything about this? Uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Listen. I think a lot of people on Twitter made that joke for him. Yeah. He's like, I don't even have to make it. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to dance. I'm scared to death. And <laughs> someone, guess, I'm sure someone said that <laughs>
3: for those who aren't, who don't know what we're talking about. We're referring to, of course, um, Ja rule commenting on nine 11
0: <laughs> <laughs> on MTV. Like we have Ja rule to speak about this. This terrible tragedy. I don't want to hear from Ja Rule. <laughs> Where <laughs> is Ja? There's the no one saying that?
3: Does he even have Twitter? Or is he like... Did he miss that whole... Uh,
0: I don't know if he had. I don't know if he has Twitter. I think he did, but people he d- he didn't have to say anything. People already, already made, made that. Reference. I feel like people already made that reference on Twitter. Um.
3: Oh God! Um, apparently, this account has been hacked. I'm deeming it officially bogus. Sincerely, Chappelle David K. This was back in 2012. So. Mm. Yeah. If you weren't going to hear from
0: him, Um, there is a story that uh, one of my friends on Facebook posted. It was titled, I worked at fire festival. It was always going to be a disaster. Okay, So I
3: saw that article as I didn't read it, but yeah, I think people saw this coming, which is even worse, (laughs) 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 even sadder.
0: Um, uh, So, uh, well, here's an excerpt from it It says on March 14th. So this is a month and a half ago.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I flew from Miami to the island of great eczema to get the planning started. What? Um, okay. The planning started for nothing to have You can't throw together a festival like this. Okay. But it says I was excited, at least at first flying in the water looked beautiful. And, but I was almost immediately warned not to go near it because of a rampant shark problem. That was an omen. I regrettably missed. Is, is that strike two? That... <laughs> Man. <laughs> strike this... one. You try to put this together in six weeks.
3: Strike two. two.
0: two. Rapid sharks. Tons of sharks.
3: What the hell? All right.
0: There's going to be more than three strikes, y'all. Oh, yeah. Um, this is going to be a, a strike up the side. <laughs> uh, it says, after we landed, we drove to the festival site to assess our goods. When we arrived, my initial reaction was, huh? That's it? <laughs> is that this was not a model-filled Private K that was owned by Pablo Escobar. This was a development lot covered in gravel with a few tractors scattered around. There was not enough space to build all the tents and green rooms they would need. There was not a long, beautiful beach populated by swimming pigs. There were, however, a lot of sand flies that left me looking like I had smallpox. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Right. um oh wow, okay, um, we'll we have here all right uh this was uh a talent producer mm-hmm. uh who was putting it too was trying to help put this together um say my job as a talent producer was to coordinate travel and on site logistics with the artists who would be performing blakewood eighty two major laser disclosure among others had already signed on. I'd be working with an eleven person team and a few of the festival executives. The production team was all new hires before you arrived. We were led to believe things had been in motion for a while. Ooh. Look, you you came you came in 6 weeks before it's supposed to happen. That's so sad. That's uh, okay. Scam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but nothing had been done. Festival vendors weren't in place, no stage had been rented. What? Transportation Strike had not three, been arranged for Frankly, we were standing on an empty gravel pit and no one had any idea how we were going to build a festival village from scratch. This is really funny.
3: (laughs) 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 Um, This is even more eye opening.
0: (laughs) Pending disaster aside, I started working from an Island rental house. I contacted the booked artist tour managers to start to coordinate. Okay, so you have a nice space to work in to start because she said he, she still had hope. Nice enough. But yes. <laughs> Almost all of them had the same question for me, which was along the lines of, hey, where's our money? Oh. <laughs> You're so what, out. Was that strike five? You're strike out. Six? <laughs> yeah.
3: Struck out the side. over. So, where's my
0: money? <laughs> oh, my God. My my head is hurting from laughing. Um. Okay, I tried to email the business manager to get an answer, who said something like, "Stand by for three days in a row." <laughs> no. But, oh God. By the end of the week, it became clear they would not pay the people they owed.
3: Oh my God, <laughs> that's why I Blink be canceled
0: So uh, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna. Let me make sure I save this article so uh, you will have a link to it oh, when we post this episode. God. Because it goes on from there, like, uh, like on Wednesday, Ja Rule arrives for a site
3: visit. How how disappointing must that have been?
0: I don't know if he actually visited the site, but he did spend a lot of time on a yacht, according to his Instagram. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) This looked bad all around. Oh, my God. Um, Meanwhile, the event planners were holed up indoors, putting together a game plan and a budget. Six weeks prior. Try and do this in six weeks. Okay. Uh, With so little having been prepared ahead of time, the official verdict was that it would take $50 million to pull off. Oh, my God. Planners also warned that it would not be up to the standard they had advertised. The best idea, they said, would be to roll everyone's tickets over to 2018 and start planning for the next year immediately, which they should have done. done. Yeah, this should (laughs) have been planned for last year at this time. Because, look, even with, uh, like, with Tomorrow World, Mm -hmm. um, uh, as I mentioned on our uh, Woodstock 99 episode, a friend and I were going to plan to go. It was in October, and we started looking at it in January that year uh, to plan for it. And um, we, of course, we ended up not going because I, I am scared of music festivals. But... Even with Tomorrow World, which uh, I don't know if the the planners canceled or it basically it's not happening, not at least not in Georgia anymore,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they were planning it at least 10 months ahead. Yeah. If not earlier. Mm-hmm. Six weeks. <laughs> you can't throw this together. It's and it's supposed to be supposed to have these celebrities. People attaching their name to it, like Kendall Jenner mm-hmm. and Bella Hadid and Ja Rule, and you're supposed to have, you know, world-known world, world known acts like Major Lazer and mm-hmm. Disclosure. Yeah. Uh, well, Bleak too, too. I don't want to leave them out, yeah, you know, they were, they're supposed <laughs> to be there. <laughs> I haven't listened to Bleak 22 since like 2005 or whatever, but the point is yeah. <laughs> they were going to be there and people w- were expecting them to be there, you know they were what? excited about seeing them. I think they would
3: have shown up if the money was there and would have just been so disappointed. <laughs>
0: you know, I, they would have shown up and mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, like, Hey, we already got paid. So we're good. Where do we set up? <laughs> but because, because they didn't get paid, no, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, this almost sounds like those
3: like pop-up shows that were going around. Like, this is what this should have been like. This sounds yeah. like it could have been like, Oh, we'll play at the local like wing shack.
0: <laughs> this okay, is bad. So, you know how we just mentioned that, um, the best idea would have been to roll everyone's tickets over to the next year Mm -hmm. and just start planning for the next year right now. Yeah. They had a meeting with the fire execs to deliver the news. So this is her as a talent producer and the rest of the team. They're like, we're not going to pull this off basically. So they went to the executives of this festival. A guy from the marketing team said, Let's just do it and be legends, man. Oh
3: god. <laughs> Let's just do it and, and be, be legends. legends. <laughs> I bet he's nowhere to be found now. He's probably he he took the money and ran. Let's just do it and be legends. He's okay. Pull it out of
0: his ass. <laughs> this is the last part. This is the last part. Cuz this is this is amazing. So this is the last part we'll talk about for this. Um they like said we'll post the article on the website. At this point, it was pretty clear that this was a mess and I shared my concerns with the man I reported to, but he assured me that the fire execs were legit and said some socialite was underwriting the whole thing. (laughs) They couldn't give a name. (laughs) Okay.
3: Paris Hilton, maybe? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay. The budget was okayed. The $50 million. (laughs) The $50
3: million that they didn't have. Because I also heard they were trying to take out a loan. At the last minute.
0: (laughs) We know Ja Rule ain't got it.
3: (laughs) This is, I thought it was bad. This is worse than I thought.
0: Okay. The budget was okay, and we were told to carry on with our planning. That night, Ja Rule gave a toast.
3: That video's on, it's on YouTube.
0: Okay, so this can be found on YouTube, but this is what he said. <laughs> oh my god. To living like movie stars, partying like rock stars, and fucking like porn stars. If Ja Rule is punished for anything, perhaps it should be that.
3: Um.
1: <laughs>
3: I don't know oh wow that sounds like I get I had drinks of water for that that oh, sounds man. like the missing speech from one of the Fast and Furious movies <laughs> um, but yeah the, the, apparently I haven't watched the video myself but the, I saw the, the screen cap there was a video it was like um, Ja Rule toasts at a fire um, fire festival planning meeting yeah Ja Rule baby
0: oh boy um,
3: you gonna wish he stayed in
0: prison <laughs> after this <laughs> Okay. Uh so <laughs> um Yeah, be be careful with going to these festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh if you if they don't have at least a website, well they probably I, th- I I haven't looked, but I'm sure there was a website. There were <clears throat> some videos yeah, advertising it. Um They were just artist renderings, There weren't pictures or anything. Yeah. So. See there
3: you go. Can't get a picture. Can't even get a <laughs> picture. Get,
0: we don't know what the place is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But you going to drop 12 grand. Okay. Like, I, I understand with the talent producer, you know, you're trying to make your money. You want to see this whole thing through. Mm-hmm. But if I get there and it's just a gravel lot. I'm out. <laughs> and we got to do this in six weeks. If we had six months, I might be a little more. Yeah, a little more optimistic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Six weeks. no.
0: Nah. Six weeks yeah Nah, can't do it Mm-mm. oh wow so um other talent producers <laughs> you could learn from this Yeah. <laughs> six weeks is definitely not enough time
3: everyone could <laughs> learn from this but will they probably
0: not <laughs> no yeah. now if you're trying to get money and you if you're working on these festivals you know two or three of these a year
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you that's you funny. heavily depended on, the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but six weeks, that was that the, well, <laughs> let's see, was strike one was the six weeks. Strike one was the six weeks. Yeah. Strike two was the shark problem. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of scary to be honest. And it's supposed to be nice on the water. Like what's the one that's in, um, uh, Gulf shores, Alabama, the hangout festival. Yeah. That's right on the beach. That, that sounds nice. Actually. Uh, you know that's uh, a couple of people we know actually went to have been to that. Really? Okay. Uh, for what I've seen, it's you know it's on the beach. It's nice, but you know what? I feel like they planned for that, that. Yeah. At least a year in advance, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe you know nine to, nine months to a year. Mm-hmm. More than six weeks. More Definitely than six more weeks. than six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is essentially, yeah. if you think about it,
3: a month and a half.
0: Yeah. A yeah.
3: month and a half. <laughs> like, that's it. That's. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's, that's nothing.
0: A can't month and a half. Can't do it, man. Can't. Can't yeah. do it.
3: That's shorter than the playoffs. Like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Mm-mm-mm>.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see what else we got here. All right. Well, to tie that in, uh, Ben, you might have some more information on it uh, about a festival that goes wrong. Um, That is the premise for a movie.
3: So I think, and let me check just to make sure, I think they came up with this premise after this happened. I think they're trying to lampoon this, this situation, which I think is hilarious. Um, But yeah, Seth Rogen and the Lonely Island, the Lonely Island, of course, being was it um, Andy Sandberg and who was the other guy's name?
0: Um, Akiva Schaefer and Yorma Taconi.
3: So, yeah, they want to uh, team up together to make a movie about a music festival that goes horribly wrong. Um, which, I mean, let's just be real. I think they could really, especially with this article now, I want to know who's going to play Jaw Rule. I want to know who's, who's going to be these different characters. Because this is just hilarious. This is going to be funny. You
0: you got to have you got to have a Jaw Rule. Mm-hmm. type character giving that speech you know it would be funny though what just to like really put salt in the wound mm-hmm. if 50 played the jar type character
3: <laughs> i could see that happening um but yeah i i think i mean the lonely island i think is funny seth rogan's funny my i just
0: hope that they get james franco to do it um James Franco should be the guy that says, Let's just do it and be legends, man. (laughs) Seth Rogen, call us. We've got ideas.
3: Yes. We've got ideas. We can do this. Um, yeah, but he announced it in a tweet that was that went out on the twenty eighth of April, which that was yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, this seems like a good time to mention the movie we we're making with At the Lonely Island about a music festival that goes horribly wrong.
0: So <laughs> they were already working on this. Yes. So they definitely got some some inspiration for you know yeah. if they want to add a couple other plot elements in there.
3: And then from the Lonely <laughs> Island, for real, thinking about suing hashtag Fire Festival for stealing our idea. <laughs> <laughs> so. They were already planning this, um, and I think they really should read some of the articles here. I mean, any, anything they do, I think is going to be funny. Seth Rogan's very funny. I like him, at least. Um, and I think my favorite person to see him teamed up with, it used to be Jonah Hill, but then after seeing, uh, well, actually, Jonah Hill used to just do it with the younger guys. It was always them, and then Seth Rogen would get with, like, what, uh, Paul Rudd or um, or someone else around Steve his Carrell. Steve Steve Carell. But I, I like him and James uh, Jason Franco. Siegel. Yeah, Jason well. Siegel. But I think, well, actually, I could see him getting part. But no, Jason Franco's, J- James Franco is perfect to be the guy. Let's do it and be yes. legend.
0: He, he, even if that's his <laughs> only line, just get James Franco just to do that if he doesn't if he doesn't have a, a bigger be, role.
3: Yeah, that'd be perfect. I could totally see that in 50 Cent or either um, the guy from the fort, the guy who played Hammer. He was in the 40-year-old version. <laughs> Romani Malco. Yeah, I could yes. see him as the Ja Rule character as well. <laughs> Um, these are, of course, people they always work with, so it, they're going to have chemistry. I think that would be awesome.
0: Or, or, or uh, if not, if he's unavailable,
3: yeah. Craig Robinson. Yeah, that was what I was thinking <laughs> next to Craig Robinson. Um, yes, this is. I look forward to this movie. <laughs> I hope they borrow as much from Fire Festival as they can.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, uh, Seth, Andy, you you can just call us. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's going
3: to be and there's going to be some funny songs in this too. And there'll probably be some – I mean, they'll they'll probably get some good um, some good musical acts as well, just like some good yeah. artists to be in it just because they seem to have connections with everybody from like Kendrick Lamar to Lady Gaga, um, Adam Levine. I mean, I've seen – they've done songs with T-Pain. They've done songs yeah. with everybody. And I think it's just because people like to laugh because it's like absurd. Justin Timberlake, him and Justin Timberlake, I feel like are like really tight.
0: <laughs> Justin Timberlake is gonna be in it. Oh yeah, I he, think has, he'll to, be, he's he has to. He's got be in it too.
3: Not as himself, but like as just yeah. someone. Maybe as like a diva <laughs> singer. that's like this isn't going right. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Or he could be the let's just do it and be legends, man. But <laughs> number one in yeah. our rankings is James. Franco. Justin Timberlake
3: <laughs> is his is second choice if he can't <laughs> get anyone else. Um, after he's gotten high on coke or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh man. So definitely, um, I'm definitely look forward to that. <laughs> oh man. It's too funny to be like a true story, but it is.
3: Yeah, you can't write this stuff.
0: Uh, okay. So next we have, uh, well, some new music of yeah. course has come out. Um, you can follow the new music list on, uh, new music Friday on Spotify. Uh, we have new music from, uh, Phoenix, Katy Perry and Migos have a new single together. DJ yeah. Khaled has a song with, uh, Justin Bieber, Quavo, Chance, the rapper and Lil Wayne, uh, called I'm the one. And it has DJ Khaled's son on it <laughs> on the cover. But
3: um, how old is his son? Cause I, I keep seeing conflicting things where his son's like really young. And then I'll see something where he's older and I don't know if he's it's like a joke. A baby. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I see people post it like an older pictures of someone and like, oh, this is DJ Khaled's son. This is-
0: I mean, he may have another <laughs> son, but the the son that was just born yeah, re- recently okay. is the one on the cover at okay. least. I don't know if he has any other kids though, but I'm not sure um, Mary J. Blige has a new album out. Um, Gorillas, Humans is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Republic has a new single along with Imagine Dragons. We listened to both of those and they both had that Similar like backbeat yeah, dance hallish. That sound. dance hallish tropical house. Yeah, the
3: uh, the Drake and Saya sound as I'm <laughs> I'm dubbing dubbing it. No god no,
0: or the, no it's Cubs. the Benny Blanco sound. The Benny yes, the Benny yeah, Blanco it's the sound. Blanco sound. <clears throat> um Grammy nominee Benny Blanco. <laughs> but there is a song called Quit by Cashmere Cat and Ariana Grande, co written by Saya and Benny Blanco. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um foster the people, remember them? Uh, you probably only know pumped up kicks. and yeah. they've released two other albums, but no one they knows. Weren't really very about good. Them. Yeah. Uh, follow up boy has a new single, and it uh, sounds eerie. young and menace. <laughs> I think their new album is going to be called mania. At least that's what the album art said. Um, who else have we got here? Um, Afrojack and David Guetta have a new single together. With, I, I like that. Who well, with Esther, Esther D. Excuse me.
3: So I'm guessing then, um, they're almost taking like a, um, Jack U approach then. Cause I was like Afro Jack and David Archuleta. Like that's know, David, like David get not David Archuleta. Jeez. David Guetta. Um, yeah, both of them producing. And then with this, okay. Yeah. That's a very Jack U approach. Yeah.
0: Um, David Archuleta does have a new single from American Idol. Yeah. He was the one, Was he the one that won. Mm, I don't think he, won I know like one. one year that both guys were named David. Yeah, David Cook and David Archuleta. I, I think they were the same season. I don't care, honestly. Yeah, but
3: if, and if you can't, if you didn't know, we don't care. Go check out our episode on it. So,
0: um, who else we got? Um, Steve Aoki and I don't know how this is pronounced. DvbbS. I think that's another EDM DJ uh, featuring Two Chains.
1: Okay. That's a new
0: song, um, and. What else do I recognize? Gorillas. Here? They released their album. Yeah, Gorillas. It's yeah. um, the only other artist I recognize on here. Ingrid Michaelson for the VH1 crowd and Feist. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think it's
3: um, just to kind of touch on the Katy Perry and Migos song Bon Appetit. Um, she was in Times Square <laughs> giving out pies. To promote her album. Yeah. Which is weird. That's a very odd way to, is she losing her mind? Is that what well, she saying? shaved
0: her head? Yeah. Uh, you know, I love Britney Spears. In recent months, Katy Perry has taken a couple of shots at Britney Spears as far as um, going crazy and yeah. shaving her head. And it appears she may be going crazy and shaving her head. Or maybe the cherry pie thing was just a, a stunt as a promotion. Mm hmm. And But she's continuing to take shots at Britney Spears, possibly um, by shaving her head, I don't know, after making jokes about it. Why are you going to kick someone when they're down <laughs> like this? I mean, Britney's not down, but that's a joke that's like 10 years old.
3: Yeah, but she's definitely <laughs> not up. I mean, this isn't like you're not, you know, you're not um, taking shots at like, you know, in the zone Britney Spears or like. You or know? blackout. Yeah, you're like you're taking shots at Britney Spears... Over the hill, jump
0: the shark, Britney Spears. You yeah, know. had a show in Vegas. That just even wants though I, to, I heard it was actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, but she um, just
3: wants to raise her kid down and yeah. be a good mom down <laughs> in Louisiana. Like
0: you're um, pick on someone your own size. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what that's a, what that's about, but Katy Perry does have a history of ripping off or being accused of ripping off other artists' looks. Yeah. Which we mentioned, she looks kind of like
3: Miley yeah. Cyrus. Yeah. She's working with rappers like Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, I did. Mike, Michael made it not do this beat, did he? I, <clears throat> no, because it was Max Martin. So, yeah. <laughs> so how long till she gets up? I was gonna say she had a well, made <clears> it.
0: <throat> Max Martin has that uh, history as well of ripping off mm-hmm. other sounds. So <clears throat> that's why it seems like he, he just keeps staying relevant. Well, I
3: mean, Dark Horse kind of had a trap sound to it, yeah. so like I think she was like, "Hey, you know that sound that all the rappers are using? <laughs> well, can you make me a beat like that?" And you remember the guy from Memphis that was with that group called Three Six Mafia? Yeah, no, not DJ Smalls, no, not him. <laughs> Juicy J. He's gonna rap on it. Like, I just I, I'm trying to imagine what that was like. <laughs> like, you got this Swedish guy. Who makes pop music? You got <laughs> Katy Perry who kissed a girl. And then you got Juicy J, you know, bands that make her dance.
0: Word. Alright, let's make okay. it happen. <laughs> let's let's make that happen. Um, also some new music from Chuck Berry. Uh the song called mm-hmm. Wonderful Woman, uh, from his mm-hmm. last his his posthumous album called Chuck, simply called Chuck. Um it will also include uh his son. Charles jr. And his grandson, Charles, III, and also Gary Clark jr. Will be on the album. Um, and that's going to be released in June. Mm-hmm. Also another unreleased deceased artist. Uh, Prince has a new song, uh, that's been released called, um, electric intercourse. It was an unreleased <laughs> song that was to be included on purple rain. Uh, it was not of course, but on the reissue of the album, um, that song will be included. Uh, so we always update you on the billboard charts and what's going on. The number one song is humble by Kendrick Lamar. Still. Mm-hmm. He still has the number one album and he's the number one artist on the artist. 100 triple crown. Okay. Right. <laughs> the triple crown. Um, so with, uh, with Kendrick Lamar having the number one and number four song, uh, DNA is number four. Mm-hmm. Future's Mask Off is number five. Kyle's I Spy featuring Little Yachty is number six. And Lil Uzi vs. XO Tour Life is number ten. So five songs, five rap songs are in the top ten for the first time since 2013. Two of them are good. <laughs> 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 like the other three are basically mumble rap. Um, yeah.
3: What what else rounds out the top ten? I'm going to guess Ed Sheeran's um, Shape of You. Is that still there? And then what? 20, um That's what I like. Maybe
0: Uh, I just closed the list. Okay. Let's go back to it eventually. All right. Uh, Yeah. Shape of you. Number two. That's what I like. It's number three Mm -hmm. and I'm getting the spinning beach ball. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Stay by Zed and Alicia Kara is number seven. Something just like this by the Nickelback of EDM and Coldplay. Uh, Despacito by Luis Fonsi and featuring Daddy Yankee. And oh, you, it just scrolled all the way to the end. You might as well call that rap too. I've heard that song. Featuring Justin Bieber. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's those are the other five. Should,
3: might as well go ahead and call the Luis Fonsi song rap with Daddy Yankee. That's yeah. So six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that song. He yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Daddy Yankee, but yeah, he raps
0: pretty much on that song. And a quick look at the other albums. Um, The search for everything. John Mayer. Number two. uh, More life. Number three. Divide. Number four. Mm. Memories that I Open, Number five. The Moana soundtrack. Number six. 24 karat magic. Number seven. Number eight is future by future. Number nine is the beauty and the beast soundtrack. And number 10 is the fate of the furious soundtrack. You didn't say who memories do not open was by. The Nickelback of EDM. Cool. Just wanted to say it again. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, There's also. Um, pull up the. Be sure of the right article here. Okay. So there's a list of artists who have hit the Hot 100 number one and the Billboard 200 number one in the same week since 2000. we through those um, right quick here. Madonna music, the song music and the mm-hmm. album music from mm-hmm. 2000 if anyone doesn't remember the song music the video featured, um, Sasha Baron Cohen is Ali G yeah. before anyone knew who he was. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> wondering who this guy, was. um, Ashanti. As we hear some kids playing outside. Yeah. There's right outside the wind. We're in the basement here <laughs> the basement studios. Um, yeah. Ashanti's foolish and her self-titled album. Huh? Okay. I didn't know foolish made it to number one. Right. Um, Nelly did this twice, yeah. Uh, in the same year, in the same summer. Uh, hot in here, and Nellyville. Are we uh are have we are we forgetting how big Nelly was? I guess. Yeah, I, I think Nellyville was like for us. I mean, we knew what a monster country grammar was. Yeah, but then Nellyville went beyond that it was nominated for album of the year and for a rap album to be nominated for album of the year. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, man. Okay. So, uh, hot in here was number one and Nellyville was number one, the number one album a month later. (laughs) (laughs) um, Dilemma with Kelly Rowland was number one. And then Nellyville went back to number one again. Um, Mm, mm, mm. 50 cent did this. Um twice Damn. on two different albums. Uh In the Club was number one, and Get Rich or Die Trying went to number one. And then Candy Shop was number one. Yeah. And The Massacre was number one. Produced by Scott Storch. Yes. Yes. Uh Outcast, uh Hey Ya was number one. And uh The Speaker Box of Love Below was number one. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I like the way you move was also number one, was but it, it may it, not, not have at been the, the same time. Yeah. yeah. Not at the same time with the album, uh, usher. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then burn. I didn't know burn hit number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kanye West gold digger from late registration mm, and cool. then stronger and graduation. I love graduation. Uh, Justin Timberlake, Sexy back and future sex love sounds. Okay. Avril Lavigne girlfriend and the best damn thing. That would
3: both of those hit number one.
0: Yeah. Oh God. Uh, Alicia Keys, no one. And as I am, uh, T I live your life in paper trail.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, the black eyed peas did this twice in the same summer. Boom, boom, Pow, hmm. And I got a feeling that that was a catchy song. I don't, I didn't like it, but it was, it was pretty damn catchy. Uh, and Eminem did this on two separate occasions with the same song and album. Was it monster? Uh, love the way you lie. Oh, that was a monster song. Uh, featuring from recovery. It was number one. And then for two weeks, and then it went to number one again, three weeks later, mm-hmm. you know, you don't normally see that. Um, and from, uh, and uh, Adele has done this four times. Jeez, She would. <laughs> Rolling in the Deep, Someone Like You, and Set Fire to the Rain were all number one from 21, and Hello in 25. Rihanna uh, Diamonds and Work from Unapologetic and Anti were uh, number one. Robin Thick, Blurred Lines from the album Blurred Lines. Taylor Swift, Shake It Off and Blank Space mm-hmm. from 1989, The Weekend, Can't Feel My Face and The Hills from Beauty Behind the Madness, Drake with One Dance from Views, Ed Sheeran, The Shape of You from Divide, and Kendrick Lamar, Humble from Damn. Damn. And the kids like it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: you <laughs> <laughs> must be having fun out there. There's a trampoline like right outside that window, like yeah. maybe 50 feet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so you will hear a little bit of that. Um, what else do we want to get into? All right. So if I I knew this was going to happen, um, I wish there was a little more synergy with it. Um, it's, I don't know if Diddy's still relevant Mm. in any capacity. I mean, I I don't care much about him really. We all, everyone sees how, um, a few years ago there was a trending topic on Twitter, outside of Diddy's party Mm -hmm. and people would post jokes about what's actually happening outside Diddy's party. And I, and one thing that I posted was black Rob and loon are having a battle, a rap battle (laughs) outside of Diddy's party. (laughs) Uh, but there is going to be, there was a documentary that premiered at the Tribeca festival, uh, the Tribeca film festival called can't stop. Won't stop. Take that. Take that. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's a part that says, growing up in his childhood home in Mount Vernon, New York, Sean Combs admits he was jealous of the neighbors swimming in their pool in front of his stoop. I don't like the feeling, he recalls in his Can't Stop, Won't Stop documentary. Uh, I want me a pool too. <laughs>
3: mm. So this all started, we got 112 and Biggie and Mace because Diddy wanted a pool. Yeah. Uh, that almost feels anticlimactic
0: and it says um like he's still signing acts to a bad boy yeah machine gun kelly's on bad boy um yeah we've seen like artists get chewed up and spit out oh, at yeah. bad boy oh, yeah. um but hey he's still signing him. there's still some level of success i suppose
3: some i mean like machine gun kelly's had a few hit records. Of course he doesn't go by machine. He goes, he he just puts MGK. So I guess maybe that helped, but, um, yeah, like he has a few hits. I think MGK is probably carrying bad boy right now with some of his hits. Cause I looked at that roster and like most of them aren't active anymore.
0: (laughs) Um, so the cameras follow Diddy around. Uh, he's known for his work ethic. He claims he doesn't sleep. Mm. Um, and, uh, he, about him becoming an intern at Uptown Records, being mentored by Andre Harrell, and then him getting fired. Um, and it, he, the cameras follow him around where he goes on a doctor's visit where he gets acupuncture and then a butt injection of some sort. Uh, but anyway, um, mm. I mean, it'll be an inter- interesting documentary, I think, I'm even right. just because there hasn't been that definitive uh, retrospective about Diddy. Yeah. Uh, notorious. I don't, I wouldn't really comment. That's about Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think Derek Luke was very good as Diddy in the mm. movie, but anyway, another subject for another day. So, <laughs> um, it will premiere as an Apple music exclusive ah. on June 25th. So there's that, uh, <clears throat> what else we got here uh sony yeah uh digital sales accounted for more than half of sony's revenue last year which is a, that's a lot
3: i mean that and that kind of goes in with what we were talking about with you know it was a, i think it was a few episodes ago with streaming being a force to be reckoned with now yeah it's it's finally happening it, it took a while and the music industry was so so hesitant and so just like we don't want to get behind this but it it's happening
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, so they, uh, reported 677 million on sales of 5.8 billion for the year. It's a 7.6% decline from the previous year. Um, but the, the streaming picked up with an 8% gain, it looks like, um, and, uh, and you know, their best selling titles were lemonade. Uh, the songs from by the chain smokers mm-hmm. and, uh, Sigh is, this is acting. Um, so I mean, maybe they're, you know, people will embrace this a little more.
1: Well,
3: I think because <clears>
0: it's been made easier to get. So, I mean, if you look at like Netflix in the movie industry,
3: um, if you make the content readily available and if you make the process to get it, fairly inexpensive and easier to get than pirating, then people will pay a few extra bucks. Spotify is not expensive per month.
0: You know, what's interesting now with Netflix is that, okay, they're coming up with their own original content, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of it is amazing. Yes. Really good stuff. (laughs) Uh, But then some prominent performers or actors are crossing over to that. Like, okay, you have an Academy Award winner like Kevin Spacey with House, house of cards. You have a comedian where people have been clamming for his stuff for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. in Dave Chappelle. And even with Adam Sandler, where I don't remember the last Adam Sandler movie I actually watched, but he has three movies Mm -hmm. on Netflix and
3: they've been made pretty quickly in my head. And they're not, I haven't watched the latest one, but I did watch the one, um,
0: the one with David Spade.
3: Yeah. That he filmed in Savannah, actually Savannah and Tybee. And it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Like, for Adam Sandler movie, it wasn't that bad. I think the last one I saw was Funny People. That might have been it.
0: I've seen Funny... That might have been the last one I've yeah. seen, too. I did see Funny People.
3: I mean, it's no Happy Gilmore. It's no The Waterboy. But, I mean, it's not bad. And he's and he seems like he's having fun doing it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and if Netflix is paying him... If they're paying him that $20 million that he was commanding before... Oh, God, I forgot. He was a $20 million man, wasn't he? I look, hey get your money, man. Yeah. Uh, hey, If it goes straight to Netflix, Hey, did he get paid? All right. And he's <laughs> like playing good. himself. But yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> and that's a good point. Like
3: they're And I think the reason they're doing that, not to get too far off subject here, because I know this is a music podcast is because content creators are yanking their content. So yeah. you have like, you know, Fox and Paramount and all these companies who, and hopefully they learn from the music industry who's make who has kind of made that mistake. They want their own streaming services, rather than saying hey let's just give our stuff to Netflix and make money off of it that way like Disney is doing right now so it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see what happens
0: yeah the the content creators want control of mm-hmm. what happens with their content and in the movie industry and television industry that's hard that's, that's like almost hard. impossible for, to do um and then with but with uh avenues like YouTube and mm-hmm. now Netflix and yeah. then you know you guys can go to A lot of streaming services have their own original content. Yeah. YouTube has it with YouTube red. Of course, Netflix does Amazon does Hulu crackle, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) see, Yeah, you name it. They're
3: they're making content. PlayStation TV had had a show. Like everyone's making a show and it's good stuff. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen, um, I can't remember the name of the show, but it has Jeffrey Tambor as a man who transitions to, uh, a female. Mm hmm. Which, which, which one is that on? It's on Amazon. Okay. I've never seen the show.
3: Yeah. Um, I know H- Men mm-hmm. in the High Castle's good. I watched the first season of that. That was really good. Yeah. All and, the Marvel um, stuff is good on Netflix.
0: Uh, Hulu picked up Mindy Kaling's show. It was on Fox, I think. The With Mindy the Mini Project. Project? Yeah, okay. Hulu picked that up, and so that continues to air. Yeah. So... Um,
3: and I think they're not bound by... Yeah. You have to... Do this. You have to please this. You have to do this. Like they can just make,
0: and they can and they put know. all the content out at one time. You you can watch the whole season in a night. Yeah, I mean,
3: not literally, but you know what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you could binge watch it if you had you at know the time, leisure, you know? <laughs> but you know, I mean, that doesn't have any effect mm-hmm. about on on their revenue or however you want to call it. Um, what else do we have here? I think that was it <laughs> for music news. Well, the, uh, i read an article on BET.com about comparing Kendrick Lamar and, um, Drake, Kendrick Lamar and Drake and how the writer of the article calls it disrespectful (laughs) to compare the two. I can't agree, but yeah. Um, so basically, you know, what I got from this article, I mean, the, the name of the article is comparing Kendrick Lamar to Drake is disrespectful This is on BET.com. Basically, I feel like they're saying that um, it's comparing apples to oranges. Mm -hmm. No, it is. It is. And I can understand that. Uh, But they only used, they only use examples from Kendrick Lamar and not any from Drake to show how they're different.
3: Which is why I think it's a backhanded compliment. It's kind of like, it's disrespectful. You know, you two have your own thing but all the things we like are the things that Kendrick Lamar does and you know Drake you know he does he does a few things but Kendrick Lamar like it's kind of like a backhanded yeah. compliment like you cool but you're not Kendrick Lamar and it's just like from another perspective you could say well you know Kendrick Lamar's cool but you're no Drake like you just <laughs> got your first number one single you don't have the popularity i have you don't have the mass appeal that i have whether or not that's because maybe he panders like he got it like if it was that easy everyone would be doing it but everyone's not doing what Drake does. Like what Drake has done as a rapper, nonetheless,
0: to me is phenomenal. I think what's weird is that, um, for people listening, you don't have to like one and not the other. Mm -hmm. And that's what's That's what happens a lot in music, uh, and in, in sports, you know, people who are on like, I've been on some message boards, you know, debating different sports topics and, if you're going, it, it seems like a lot of people who are going to make some kind of compliment or just an observation, just yeah. a regular observation about mm-hmm. a player that doesn't play for their favorite team, it mm-hmm. has to start with, "Well, I'm not a fan of this team," but and then they give the compliment. Like, why'd you have the lead with that? Yeah, I mean, it felt like this article is one of those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it claims to not disrespect
3: Drake while disrespecting Drake.
0: I mean there like here's a here's an example of it um and I just mentioned this to you before we start recording it says as far as Kendrick Lamar whether you like Kendrick Lamar or not doesn't serve as a prerequisite to acknowledging the gravity of his brand of hip hop and the meticulousness with which he makes it even remotely accessible to the public the sociopolitical value of his storytelling, his sheer black pride, the professions of spirituality and his enduring devotion to the less popular these days, art of lyricism are all indicators that he is occupying a lane that few of his contemporaries dare to swerve into. And to be Frank Drake is not one of them.
3: <laughs> and that's the thing though. That's not Drake's style. That's not what he does.
0: Yeah. I mean they they are, they are different. Mm-hmm. But that it's a it's a backhanded comp this yeah. article is a backhanded compliment. Um it's basically like- saying like I mean Drake's cool and all, but yeah. he ain't Kendrick. Like he doesn't he doesn't
3: talk about subjects that we think are important, therefore we don't think he requires right. the respect of a Kendrick Lamar. And so it goes back to how what we were talking about prior like comparing Bob Dylan to the Beatles. Yeah. Bob Dylan, you know, talked about social issues. He was a folk singer, so he he wrote about what he saw in front of him. Um, very, you know, very important songs, if you will. You know, The Times Are a Changing, They're a Changing, or um, The Ballad of Emmett Teal, like, you know, really, which, I mean, like, if you really think about it, that's a, that's a heavy song. To write about Emmett Teal, or even to write about Hurricane, you know, the, um, Hurricane, Hurricane the Boxer, Carter. Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Carter. Whereas the Beatles are, you know,
0: baby, you can drive my car. Yeah. I want to hold her hand. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> even in
3: their psychedelic, they were never like, yeah, they were writing deep lyrics, but they were never writing socially conscious lyrics or lyrics that are important, but they still both have their place in the ultimate, you know, saga of the history of pop music. They just occupy different spaces. And I, I think that's what we're looking at here. Like, you know, Drake has his, his space, Kendrick Lamar has his space, which Honestly, I'm, I wonder how comfortable he is, um, being in this fear of being a popular artist now. Like, how does he feel? Granted, he did a song with her and she comes up again. It's been a while. How
0: did he feel about doing a song with Taylor Swift? You know? he also did a song with Sia. Yeah. Uh, so. And I Dido. Think, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on his album, he had a song with you too. So, so yeah, he, I don't think there's, um, uh. I think because of what he does on his own,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he has the, um, the, 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 I guess the free reign or whatever to work with whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he can, he can work with Taylor Swift, yeah. you know, and have a popular, have a popular song, but then people will see his name that he worked with Taylor Swift. And then people will go look at, yeah. listen to his own music and, just and find calm. out how good it yeah. is. So I think he he opens himself up to new audiences mm-hmm. and he continue to continue to use his platform. So I think it's a little it's more strategic. Yeah. And even if like his hardcore audience doesn't like that, he worked with Taylor Swift. Doesn't matter.
3: That's how he pays for damn. Like, that's <laughs> just to be frank. I like, mean, like He because... works
0: with Taylor Swift, but that also gives him the free yeah. reign to make music whenever like he can. Um, he can release damn whenever like humble just mm-hmm. dropped out of the sky. And even with the, you know, he can do something like if LeBron James tweets, Hey, Kendrick, we're we going to hear some new music. And then the next day it's the untitled yeah. unmastered. And that's, and <laughs> that's uh, what allows sessions. him to do things like honestly.
3: And I mean, not even to, to rag on him. Cause I'm not, I'm a bigger Drake fan, not to even be biased. I loved, um, good kid, mad city. Not wasn't as huge of a fan um, to Pimp a Butterfly, which I think he's getting a little, he's getting more radical as each album goes on. Yeah. But um, cause I thought like what he was on Good Kid, Mad City it was completely different from where he, just in one album with To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, but like songs like Bad Blood are what allows him, they allow him to do that. Like he doesn't have to, I don't have to recreate Good Kid, Mad City. I don't have to recreate um, Poetic Justice and Swimming Pools. I don't have to. If I want to, I can just to get some money. Um, but I can make to pimp a butterfly. I can make damn and not have to worry about sales because I'm good. I made a ton of money off of, you know, off of, um, cheap, th- not cheap throws, but, um, the greatest, I made yeah. a lot of money off of bad blood. So I'm good.
0: And, and, and in that realm, like he can make what he wants mm-hmm. it and gives him some it's freedom. still going to sell. Mm-hmm. So because he's increased his profile, there's, there's nothing to, to worry about. Mm-hmm. And Drake on the other hand is he's going down a different path as mm-hmm. far as content and, um, what his music sounds like he's bringing, he's in, he's introducing other, he's introducing world music mm-hmm. into hip hop. He has dance hall and reggae elements. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, uh, and now he's introducing uh grime, which is a kind of a, a UK style, uh, into, into his music. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like he's seeing the world and trying to bring, you know, music, bring people together with his music by using different styles yeah. and, um, yeah. how everything can be integrated while Kendrick Lamar has more of a, a social political view. And, um, you know, have having just a different philosophy mm-hmm. basically about life or however you want to put that. You could even say, like, at the
3: beginning of Drake's career, he was introducing which I mean it kinda had been around, it was parallel to it, but he made it popular. He was also kind of introducing a little bit of indie rap. Like yeah. there were a lot of indie elements to like that first mix the first mixtape. Um just kind of like you know, the slow down, down tempo beats he was using. Um, I mean the, the way I look at it, ultimately one writes to inform one rights to entertain. Yeah. Neither are bad. Like n- n- one is no better than the other. They're just different. So
0: yeah. Um, like I said, with this article, they, they really just cited Kendrick Lamar lyrics <laughs> and said, he's not Drake. Well, duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever with that. Um, So it's uh, an
3: interesting, it's an interesting concept though. It's very interesting.
0: Uh, we'll get to, let's get to your earworm of the week, Ben.
3: All right. I'm roaming again. What is up with, I guess it's down here. So we're going to go with, uh, this song has been in my head. It's been, I've been listening to it a lot. Michael Penn, no myth. Um, you said it was the end of loser. I know I've heard it somewhere else too, but I don't know. I feel like I heard it in a montage of some sort, but I could be
0: wrong. I don't know. Oh, well we're starting to play it, but it (laughs) was spoiler. (laughs) It was at the end of the movie. Yeah. I know. Um and Yeah. You need to go back and watch that movie. I remember it being quirky. It was written by the same woman who wrote Clueless.
3: Yeah, I could yeah, then that was after American Pie, right? Loser was. Yeah. And she that was also after she was an American Beauty, Mina Savari. Yeah. They were hot at the time. Yeah, okay.
0: What happened to me? Well, anyway. um, (laughs) No Myth by Michael Penn, brother of Sean Penn, older brother. I did not know that. Okay. And uh, we will be right back. is No Myth by Michael Penn from the album March which came out in
3: 1989 yep uh, only top 40 hits
0: alright so you can listen to that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist available on Spotify sponsors right now we gotta let them know too one song is missing yeah. Um, it was taken off of Spotify,
3: so we didn't remove it. It was Hot Rod Hearts by Robbie Dupree. Um, if you're listening to Spotify, you got to find a way to get that song back. I need Hot Rod Hearts in my life. I
0: need that song. Ben yeah. is uh, speaking on behalf of himself in regard to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but maybe there's someone out there who was listening to our playlist and is uh, now... um. Now disheartened because Right mm-hmm. Hearts isn't there anymore.
3: Like no son of a. <laughs> um,
0: we wanted to get to. Do you want to do a an indie Instagram? I'm down. One? Yeah,
3: yeah. Because we, okay. we we missed it last week, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. So on the next episode, because I totally forgot to put like the list together and have and then you know pick it pick a name out of a hat or bowl.
3: Oh yeah, we we did it.
0: Okay. Um, but we'll do we'll have that. I'll have that ready for the next episode. Um. So this week, uh, as indie artist, indie Instagrammer of the week, one more time, the rules are if you are an independent artist and you like one of our posts, um, we will listen to one of your songs. If it's available on Spotify, we'll play it from there. If not, if you have a website or anything like that, we'll listen to it from there. Uh, this week's artist is Fight Sleep. Fight Sleep? Fight Sleep. Okay. All right. Uh On Instagram at Fight Sleep. All right.
2: And they had,
0: um, let's see what this is, an EP or an album. It is an EP four songs titled MMXI, which translates to 2011 in Roman numerals. So maybe these are songs written at that time, or it has some kind of special meaning. So, um, we're going to play one of their songs. Okay. There are four songs to choose from here. Uh, River Thames, Auto Genius. From Small Beginnings and Elohim. Let's go
3: with, Let's go with the, What was the first one? River Thames. Yeah, River Thames. Like T-I-M-B-S?
0: T-H-A-M-E-S. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, now, we don't know what genre this is. We've never heard this song before.
3: I'm looking at their pictures. They look, they look deep. It's like nothing but black and white photography. Yeah. I'm gonna... I feel like this could be a good game. I'm gonna
0: guess they sound <laughs> like the the um the neighborhood. I'm getting from their well, pictures, I'm getting the neighborhood. Looking vibes. at related artists, mm-hmm. the ones that I recognize are Brian Eno and New Order. Oh god. Okay, okay. So let's see what we got. This is River Thames by Fight Sleep.
1: Hmm.
3: whoa <laughs> that'll wake you up right <laughs> so is this just, it might just be ambience ambient, ambient as some people might call it
0: See, where is uh, uh, most popular listens come from uh, Toronto Houston um, there's no biography as of right now uh, other artists uh, including related artists are Craftwork, Brand New Joy Division
3: Brand New yeah they sound brand new Is more like an emo band
0: yeah. um Tom York I could definitely Kate Bush the Tom I think York. they put these that put this list together might sleep adding these guys because also has no doubt and James Brown like what Not, mm. okay <laughs> this is all over the place you know what this reminds you of what explosions in the sky a little bit of that okay. I don't know if there's gonna be a like kind of a, a drop or kind of explosion of sound uh, in this regard but ambient music could be a, you know a film score yeah that's what it sounds like for a, film a short score. film
3: like for some reason I keep thinking of like the end of Crash yeah, yeah. like where Terrence Howard finally kind of stands up for Tandy Newton
0: <laughs> so yeah that is River Tim's by Fight Sleep from their EP 2011 or MMXI yeah so thank you, Fight Sleep, for liking our post. Yes, thank you very much. And um that song will be added to the indie Instagrammer of the week playlist, which is available on Spotify right now. Um so let's get into our topic. We started the show with the cover of Sam Cook's What a Wonderful World, sung by Trent Terrence Trent Darby. And it was from nineteen eighty seven uh, during an appearance on Late Night with David Letterman. So yeah, host. <laughs> what we're going to speak about this episode is the greatest album, according to Tanstrit derby Yes, <laughs> introducing the hard line, according to Trans Tritt Darby, <laughs> which we have not been able to find out what this hard line mean you, what do you, and what yeah. I mean, is it like the hard line as far as like this is like, this is what it is. Like this, is this is the bottom line. This is the foundation. Uh, is it something like that?
3: Who knows? Um, but that, I don't know. I thought that was just very funny. Like introducing the hard line, which I love the <laughs> thing. I love the album title. Um, just because I love the, um, I love long titles. Just, I mean, just like I loved all of the old fallout boy titles.
1: Yeah. I love,
3: you know, I love introducing the heartline according to Terrence Trent Darby. I wish there was more
1: like Terrence <laughs>
3: Darby and the
0: love tones or something like, just you know, like his album titles, I think got a little bit longer there. There's some like, um, his next album called neither fish nor flesh is also parenthesis, a soundtrack of love, faith, hope, and destruction. And then his next album, which was, uh, uh, called Symphony or Dam uh, for short, but it was Terrence mm-hmm. Trent Darby's Symphony or Dam exploring the tension inside the sweetness. And of course he had an asterisk at the end yeah, of yeah. Dream <laughs> and at the beginning of Exploring. Yeah, so
3: he's he's an artist I guess, like an artist-artist, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it looked like yeah. just every art... Oh, Terrence Trent Darby's vibrator, parentheses, batteries <laughs> included. So, yeah, he's just... Yeah. Um, So who knows? The hardline might
0: not mean anything special. No. Yeah. Uh, We 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 search for interviews, articles. The thing really explained. Yeah. What it actually meant, mm-hmm. and it's probably the most pop-friendly title out of all his album titles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, which makes me think, just looking at his other album titles, that hardline might be something sexual, and we just don't know.
0: It could be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to give you a little history on introducing the hard line, according to Terrence Trent Darby, it was his debut album mm-hmm. released July, 1987 on Columbia records. It was number one in the UK spending a total of nine non-consecutive weeks at the top of the UK album charts and was certified five times platinum, uh, platinum in the UK is 300,000 copies. Yeah. So it sold at least 1.5 in the UK worldwide. The album sold a million copies within the first three days of going on sale. Um, It was slower in the U S and it was, it was actually released in the U S in October, 1987 peaking at number four in 1988. Uh, That was the same week that wishing well went number one. It was number that song was number one for one week. So that was the introduction to Terrence Trent Darby in America. Um, other singles include if you let me stay, which is a top 10 in the UK sign your name, which is number four in the America and number two in the UK and dance. Little sister was top 20 in the UK. Um, and you know, as it was in the eighties, as it says here, this, the single, you could buy the single, the maxi, single, the maxi single, (laughs) um, available on cassette, CD vinyl, possibly. So, um, the, uh, the album has 11 songs, uh, 10 of the songs written by Terrence Trent Darby. The album closes with the cover of, um, Smokey, Robinson, Smokey Robinson's, uh, well, who's, the miracles. Yeah. It was recorded by the miracles yeah. written by Smokey Robinson. Who's loving, uh, who's loving you. you. Yeah. Um, and I always felt that with that song in particular, mm-hmm. give us somewhere to start here with this, <laughs> with that song. If you're going to sing, who's loving you. Yeah. Especially as a male vocalist, some female vocalists have covered it, but as a male vocalist, if you're going to sing who's loving you, 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 you got to bring it with that song. You you really do. Um, to sing a lot of the songs I've, I've noticed that he likes to perform.
3: You got to be able to bring it. Yeah. This one, especially, I agree. Um, and I mean, really, so like, I remember this, you know, in Vogue kind of covered it, um, really at the start of, um,
0: never going to get it. No, uh it was uh, um or what was the name Nick? Hold Hold On. Hold on, yeah. Hold on to your love. Yeah. Yeah. They they did a little bit of that song to start it. Um The Jackson Five have recorded mm-hmm. it as well. Uh for people who've seen the Jacksons uh an American dream. Jason Weaver. That's Jason Weaver singing that mm-hmm. in there. Um Talent Wasted, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Smart Guy, Ben.
3: Well, well I don't want to say wasted, but we never got to see him at his, in his yeah. final form,
0: but that's another story. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's how the album ends. So mm-hmm. let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if you all get to heaven is, uh, it's a, it, that's, is that on
3: Spotify? I was gonna say, it
0: is not. Okay. First of all, let you know right now, this album. album is not on Spotify. Yeah.
3: His greatest hits are, but not. This yeah. Album, there's a, too, a
0: compilation, which has some songs from this album, little sister. I know for a fact is there. Denzel, Sisters, you sign your name. If you let me stay wishing well, well yeah. those are on Spotify, like the singles, mm-hmm. the hits or whatever, but no deep cuts, no deep cuts. Uh, I was listening to, um, uh, I'll be playing these songs from, you do from loves. the iTunes. iTunes. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is if you all get to heaven and, um,
3: Mm-hmm. So he's a very gifted singer, which I don't yeah. think anyone denies. Um, I know the the version of um, now I'm, I'm blanking on the song, the um, Sam Cooke song we opened the show with "What a Wonderful, what a wonderful world. world," which as soon as you before you played it, I thought it was Louis Armstrong. <laughs>
0: What a that's one. a different song. Yeah, I thought I was,
3: well, no, I thought when you said that, I was like, why is he covering Louis Armstrong? <laughs> I was like, he'd sound much better covering Sam Cooke. And then I was like, okay, it is Sam Cooke. Um, started out a little rough, but he found his voice there. Maybe some pre-show jitters or something. Cause I mean, that's a, I don't know, like I feel like when you sing, singing Sam Cooke or singing some of these legendary vocalists, you can kind of get lost in trying to make it sound how, how you want it to sound. And his voice is part Sam Cooke, part maybe James Brown-ish. Yeah and so like he went a little more james brown than sam cook then he kind of found his voice and was really and i was like all right there he is there it is um and that's always been like and i'm sure we'll go you know song by song but like you hear more of it in wishing well you hear more of the james brown of his voice or just really yeah. any type of like really um loud powerful soul singer he has that but this of course is more of his sam cook sounding vocals um
0: does both very really well. Um, well, he he got a lot of comparisons to start off with to Sam Cooke, yeah, and Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. And some people look at this album as a um predecessor, I guess, some that came before yeah. something. Okay, mm-hmm. the predecessor to Neo Soul. I could see that, I could totally see that. Um, looking
3: at so this was '87. Neil soul started really getting popular with you know, like, Erica by It was like, yeah, 95, the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, I could totally see that. I mean, honestly, you'd have to talk to them really to see if that's an album that influenced them. Um, with someone like, when did, I mean, hell, when did the first Maxwell album come out?
0: I was like 90, 94, 95. Yeah. So even before,
3: yeah. So early to the midnight. Yeah. So I could totally hear that. There's
0: a lot of parallels. Um, this was, and also the time where I think, uh, James Brown kind of had a resurgence mm-hmm. in the, in the eighties. Um, not only the song he did for Rocky four, not just that. Okay. <laughs> which is um, something like, Hey, that's, that's <laughs> uh, he had an album, which was had a, a few songs, if not the whole album produced by full force. Mm-hmm. And um, with the, with hip hop, with the rise of hip hop at the time, mm-hmm. a lot of songs sampled James Brown. Yeah and not really paying him for it. <laughs> Cause I mean, well the loss didn't exist, but yeah. that's also another story right there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the funky drummer, even though like that's more Clyde Stubblefield, it was like his, that section with Clyde Stubblefield mm-hmm. listening to James Brown records brought on like, that's where hip hip hop kind of grew from that as yeah. far as finding, finding beats for that. Uh, but also with the, people performing James Brown. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, not performing James Brown songs, but uh, male artists who were performing James Brown was definitely an influence. Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. Prince, you could say Terrence Trent Darby. I would, I would even include George Michael being influenced. Um, Did you say MC Hammer? MC Hammer. Definitely. in the, at the end of the decade, that was definitely. So he was in a video with them, wasn't he? I know the two legit video. Yeah. Just make sure I remember that correctly. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So um, James Brown was definitely an influence. He's like a, he's a common thread with R and B music through the eighties and nineties. Agreed. Um, Not as an artist himself, but there was definitely an influence there. And yeah, I think you can hear it. You can hear it with uh, this album. But you can also see it with the videos, especially if you watch the wishing well video. Oh God, he's doing spins and yeah, <laughs> spins, mic tricks, mm-hmm. doing the splits. Um, you know, it was it was it was subtle, mm-hmm. but you could like I mean, you, you see that the, yeah. the the uh, the influence is obvious. Um, to you, like, do you remember an introduction to um to Darby?
3: I don't remember an introduction. I remember, so like with, with like my memory with a lot of these albums, because when I was young, I would listen to, and I think you were the same way. I listened to either whatever my sister listened to or my mom listened to. Yeah. And so I remember hearing Wishing Well as a kid, but I don't remember when. And then I remember rehearing it on some documentary I saw about him on VH1, which was like really the king of documentaries in the nineties and early two thousands. So,
0: um let's bring up that song.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I do remember that, like the doo 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 do. Like I remember hearing that as a kid, but not really remembering you know, not really being too conscious of what it was. I mean this came out in eighty seven, out of in four. <laughs> so, you know, even if I was hearing it like a year or two later, I was five or six years old. You know, just so sparse memories of it, but I remember hearing it
0: what I remember about this song this is Wishing Well we turn our mics up and then we can turn the music up a little bit Yeah. so what I remember about this song is um, when the album came out yeah. I the only actually like up until I was in high school the only song I'd really heard by Terrence Shirt and Darby was Sign Your Name and we'll yeah. talk about that in a little bit but with Wishing Well there was this guy I knew from high school his name was Anthony mm-hmm. and whenever I got to school, like probably for like three or four days straight, he would be humming this song. <laughs> and like, it's obviously a very catchy song. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this was also during the time where, you remember Pop-Up Video?
3: Oh, God, yes. So there, there was an episode of the, it. Okay. There was an episode yeah.
0: of Pop-Up Video where they played this video and there was stuff that like fascinated me about that at the time. Like I didn't know a whole lot about like songwriting or music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As far as like the stories behind songs. Yes. Uh, he said he wrote this song where he was like half sleep. <laughs> uh, he had just, um, there was this new drum machine in the studio. So that's what you hear. That's really? the, the percussion is a drum machine on the most basic setting. I think, yeah. <laughs> um, and he wrote he wrote the song in about fifteen minutes. Oh wow! Uh, or maybe thirty minutes, but still, <laughs> he wrote it fairly quickly. And um, and the the to put all this together so easily. Mm-hmm. It's easy to see that like this guy is immensely talented. And why he could be so. I guess. And, and he knew him. it. Yeah. He knew how So, full of himself,
3: if you want to say, because I don't want to insult him, because there's not you know, like Demi Lovato said, what's wrong with being confident, but to, and I guess the elephant in the room to say that it's better than Sergeant Peppers, you know, <laughs> can be, you know, that can rub people the wrong way.
0: I mean, yeah, there is believing in yourself, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but like I've, i mentioned in a previous episode, I don't know which one it was. Um but there are certain people you don't compare yourself to. Yeah. The Beatles is one of them. Yeah. You don't compare yourself to the Beatles. You don't compare yourself to Elvis. Mm -mm. You don't compare yourself to Michael Jackson, Mm -mm. you know? um, And to, to do that, people are going to look at that uh, questionably at best.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially, you know, to compare it to, not their first album. Not oh, this is going to be like meet the beatles. No, this is going to be like what is considered to be one of their greatest albums ever. Oh, this will be better. <laughs> this will be better. All right, let's see what you got. Like you got to you got to really live up to it. Um was it good? Yes. <laughs> was it as good? Possibly not, depends on who you are. I mean, if you really like funk and soul music, you might think this is better. I don't know, but like that's such a huge claim to make. Um about a band that also made a huge claim itself to be bigger than Jesus, but that's besides the point. That's a really big claim to make, so um, but yeah, that was my that was my introduction to Terrence Trent Darby um, and the, just the vocals, like he's he's all over the place singing, um I just, I don't know, like I, I really like it I really like his vocals on that probably like one of my favorite songs of all time,
0: really yeah. um, so yeah, I just remember that that guy in mean, high school humming that song all the time and, and, and the pop up video um I had, I never understood what the song really meant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh it does sound like gibberish sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels it feels like the song is but you gibberish, have to look at Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um what else that I want to get to about the album um well, of course, like, yeah, he was getting the comparisons to Sam Cooke and Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. People were saying, were hyping him up as, you know, he's going to be James Brown and Prince and Michael Jackson and Sam Cooke all rolled into one. I feel like he said that. <laughs> I don't know if other people like saw that. I mean, maybe, but I think he said that. Yeah. But. um.
3: Well, he, um, yeah, he had, he had, of course, at the time always oh, didn't exist, but he had Le- Liam Gallagher's famous saying was if you keep saying that you're the best band in the world, eventually people will start to agree with you. Yeah. So he's probably, just kept saying all these things in every interview and eventually like, you know what? He might be right. Yeah,
0: he might be right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another song that may, that I don't know if it stands out to a lot of people because I think there may be only three songs people know, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Um, but from this album, if you let me stay yeah. was, which was a hit in the UK. Um, it has that that 60 soul sound mm-hmm. right off,
2: um, you know. And
0: like uh, the more that you read about somebody like him, you can see the the uh, yeah. He was Sam Cooke and Otis Redding, but he had mm. Prince's attitude.
3: Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's a good comparison. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and when you know, I guess just being—I don't know if it's part because he's black and he's cocky—and mm-hmm. um, you may think a little bit differently mm-hmm. or think the most of yourself. Yeah, that that can rub people the wrong way.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think now this is this is really the poppiest you will hear him. Yeah. I think. Um,
3: and it's not even poppy. It wasn't
0: even poppy for that day for that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) like poppy
3: in the classical sense.
0: Yeah. Um, and he kind of, I don't know if he went away from that or he, he was just making music that he felt better about
3: in the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: but and I think also like I said in the '80s, how uh, James Brown was an influence for a, a lot of artists in a, yeah. in a low key way. This is you can put Terrence, you can put this song if you let me stay along yeah. with the other songs of that were covers of songs from the '50s and '60s, mm-hmm. like um, Phil Collins' "Can't Harry Love," yeah, or uh, I think Diana Ross did "Why Do Fools Fall in Love." Uh, like yeah. there was kind of a a uh, renaissance. I guess, or, or, or a resurgence of that music as well in the 80s, well yeah. in the 80s. Um, or maybe a little bit in the in the late 70s. No, um,
1: so just, it's not something
0: yeah. that was necessarily disco, but something that sounded similar to that Motown sound. Phil, Phil Collins kind of
3: heralded it, too, because he did two hearts. That was very Motown sound.
0: He wrote that with uh, <laughs> one of the Dozers or oh, okay. Hollins. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> yeah. He wrote that song with them. Yeah.
3: Um Hungry Heart, Bruce Springs. Yeah, that was kind yeah. of a yeah, now that I think about it, that's a very astute observation.
0: So with this, um as I hit the mic. Um <laughs> as far as this album goes, what what kind of stuck out to you as far as like not if if there's something like that wasn't necessarily a single, but mm-hmm. a song that stuck out to you or a lyric or anything production wise with this album? Well, going well, Going production wise, it
3: was, I guess you could say like from song to song, some of the production felt a little bit different. Like, you know, going from using all live instruments to If You Let Me Stay to, um, or what sounded like all live instruments for the most part, to using, you know, a drum machine and, um, and Sign Your Name or, um, I'm trying to think, because it's, it's some of the songs I'm, I'm, are blurring together. So play um you you have it all there right Yeah Play I'll never turn my back on you since okay. we're kind of going in order cuz I was getting if you let me stay and dance a little sister mixed up Yeah So yeah that that has more of a, that's not what I'm think that's not the song I'm thinking of but some of the production on each song all the songs kind of were were a little bit different the singles stood out more um the soul the soul feel of it like it was you know and i guess all these things because now like some with some of the things that you've mentioned um i'm looking at the album kind of in a different way like because it was kind of like a modern soul classic in the in the mid 80s um and that's what he was really going for um and I didn't think of it that way. Like, I was, in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, this is a synth pop album. But, like, it's more than just a synth pop album. Yeah. It's more than just Sign Your Name, and it's more than just wish, Wishing Well. If You Let Me Stay, it was just a straight soul song. I'll never turn my back on you. This is this is a soul song. Uh, Dance with a Little Sister. I mean, like, it was, you know, outside of, the po- outside of the pop, which even, hell, Wishing Well really isn't all that pop. But outside of those singles,
0: this is a soul album. Its, well, yeah, wi- like, Wishing Well is probably the... The, the poppiest for its day before, yeah. yeah um i still consider that a pop song yeah no, even though it i mean it has the r&b influence but it's and got, with a that, voice like his you know it's still there's still that r&b and soul there but that's mm-hmm. the pop the poppies it's going to be sorry just cut off but i'm playing it for the the sample the man okay, sample i samples from like, itunes are, i was like are you doing that that's clever yeah. but
3: <laughs> so yeah but like even with um with uh wishing well like the little scent like that that serves to kind of make it to make it catchy or whatever but yeah like and these are and the reason i'm kind of at a loss for it is because these are some things i just didn't think about about this album looking at it in that way thinking about the influence that because i mean like the, you, the it's obvious the sam cook is there i'd never really given too much thought to the otis redding influence but then the more i, I listened to his live album from the, the at the whiskey a go-go yeah i definitely hear it um and now just like, you know, kind of hearing about how popular James Brown was in there because I felt that he had those James Brown influences. It, now it does kind of stick out more as a, this is a soul record outside of those singles. This is a soul record. And those singles still have soul influence.
0: Um, with the, uh, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's an underrated album mm-hmm. on overall I think or it doesn't it really doesn't get it to just do mm-hmm. as it should. Um, and I think it's because of what he the stuff he made after it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really do as well. Yeah. Um, some people may know um, delicate. The song you did with Desiree, the, the that's the one who's saying you got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all know that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, And let her down easy. And she kissed me from Symphony or Damn. Yeah. Uh, people are more for, or maybe familiar with those as well, but nothing was going to approach this album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, he, you know, it's great that he was able to make the music that he wanted to, and mm-hmm. he's happy with it. I think he's releasing stuff on his own label now. Yeah. So, um, but as far as the success, the pop success, uh, it wasn't going to approach that, and he may not care. Yeah, and so. It's funny that,
3: you know, you bring that up because in the interview that we were listening to prior with uh, Arsenio Hall. And he's like, you know, what's the difference between this album and that album? And after he makes his little joke, he says, I think people were expecting me to put out the hard line again. Yeah. And that kind of says to me that maybe, well, in your first record, he was forced to put out the hard line. Like he might not have liked these songs. He said that he wrote Lishing Well in 15 minutes. Maybe that's the amount of respect he showed the song. You know, like, whereas the world fell in love with it, you know, maybe um, Seven More Days or I'll Never Turn My Back, like, maybe those were his favorite songs from the record, but I got to give them a single. The label wants a single. Here yeah. Here's Wishing Well. Here's Sign Your Name. Mm-hmm. You know, take those. Those are singles. Um, and maybe, you no, know, after that, you know, he goes like, oh, he's like, well, does the record label ever tell you what to do? Nah. They know better than that. So it's kind of like he might have been one of those artists that was so into what he could do. He didn't stop to think if he should do it, and and as, as a result, an artist that goes unchecked can all can like make some bad records. Um, to bring it into more modern times, I think that happened with Third Eye Blind. After you know they fired their guitar player, he was the guy who kept Stephen Jenkins in check, um, along with the producer. After they kicked him out, they started producing their own records. So there was no one in that in that studio to mm-hmm. keep Stephen Jenkins in check. And be like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the same thing with Terrence Trent Darby. There was just no one there. You know, he gets to pick the producer himself. And maybe he picks a producer with a weak backbone who won't question him. Or maybe he even picks a producer. And I'd, I'd have to look at it to see who produces albums or he produces or he, them he, himself.
0: Yeah, I think, like, later on, he was producing it himself. Yeah,
3: because he was uh, even he yeah. worked on the first one with Martin Wayne and, and Howard Gray. So you know, maybe the record label's like, we,
0: we trust you go ahead. And then they're like, Oh God, like, what you? and I think for a lot of artists, especially in the eighties, um, if you have a successful album and it's time to put out the next one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there kind of is that expectation from, you always hear it from the record company that they want another song or another album, just like the hit one you just made, mm-hmm. uh, not really allowing for any progression, or for any like subtle changes or any other Mm -hmm. new influences. And that, I think that continues today. I mean, you could, um, I think uh, definitely for a future episode, we have to talk about the Slim Shady LP.
3: Yeah. When they came to him, we don't hear a
0: single, (laughs) we don't hear a single. My name is, was the last song made for that album. And Mm -hmm. that becomes the first single. And then with the next album, the Marshall Mathers LP, um, they wanted another my name is so he makes uh what i am well that was his anger that that was, that was his resp- oh, that was his response Fox when said they said that. they wanted another but my he name made, is um, he made that song and then he real made the real slim shady yeah. <laughs> so which he probably hated every moment yeah of. <laughs> that, <laughs> i think was, that was that, that was like the last song made for the album and, and it, it becomes a the single yeah um
3: but just to add perspective so yeah. the next three records he produced himself all himself so that uh, that no one is there to hold him in check and just be like dude maybe you shouldn't do that or 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 even and it's it's funny because he's on columbia and maybe with the type of music he does they're not expecting hits but i'm surprised he never got that talk like we don't hear a single we don't hear a single
0: yeah um he made i think there was an album that he made that was unreleased um let's see if i can find out which one it was And he had to buy back the, um, buy back the rights to it. Mm. Um, was this uh, after he changed his name to Sananda? No, this was, this was before. Okay. Uh, I, I can't find it here, but I know there was a section to where he, uh, he had, made an album. It was shelved. So he, um, uh, after his, uh, okay, here we go. Um, uh, during the 1990s, his relations with Columbia records had become strained, eventually leading to his departure in 1996. He moved to Java records for one year during which he released Terrence Trent Darby's solar return, which was not released. Mm-hmm. In nineteen ninety nine, collaborated with NXS, uh, we talked about before we started recording, uh, replacing his friend, the late Michael Hutchins, so the band could play at the official opening the official opening of Stadium Australia, a major venue for the Sydney Olympics in two thousand. He bought back the rights to his unreleased album and left the record company as well as his management team. So that was with Java records that, that Mm -hmm. unreleased album. I don't, it was, it's still never been released. I don't know if it was reworked into anything, but. But even without even looking at that, you can just
3: like, that's how a lot of, you know, smart people who, who, who are, who think they're better than they are. And not to say he's not good. He's obviously good at what he, he, he does, but you know, like when genius goes unchecked, that can happen. Like when you're just so obsessed with like, I can do whatever I want. I can't fail. Um, that can happen. And so it's not surprising that, you know,
0: that they were, they're restrained relations. Like they're probably like, what are you doing? Uh, look, when did, well, I think we could, um, we probably could have an episode on it as far as like Prince going through the slave period. Yeah. Where he was, <laughs> he wouldn't speak and he just pointed to the yeah. symbol in face or whatever you know this is this is that same thing this might be the same thing just mm-hmm. on a on a lower level um a strained relationship with the record company who's mm-hmm. expecting for you to you know bring out these hits yeah which only thing is and to be fair
3: Prince was banging out hits though. <laughs> yeah. Prince was actually making songs. But as
0: sold. you know, as we mentioned on that episode, there was some stuff that they didn't want him to put out or they were like, I, we don't think this is a single. Mm-hmm. And he insisted on it like with kiss. And it, and it was a hit. It, it was a hit, <laughs> even though it may not have been mastered as they would have mm-hmm. hoped or with, or there's, I don't know. I don't, I'm just guessing at the story, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the real story with when doves cry. They're probably like, where's the baseline? And he's like, I took it. out." I took it out. Mm-hmm. Why don't you put it back in? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Prince. I, I don't know. Like people are going to be, I don't think people are going to like this. People they're dance like to
3: baselines. People dance <laughs> to baselines. It's like,
0: no, I'm, I'm leaving it out. It's like they're going to like it. Yeah. Or, or, or he's, or he may have said something else. There's a part in actually in, um, uh, <laughs> In the, in the documentary Mm. where, um, uh, during, I think he was making the, the self-titled Prince album
4: Mm.
0: where, uh, an executive from Warner brothers comes in and they're like, oh, wow, this is, this sounds really great. And then they said, um, Hey, I don't, I'm not so sure about, about this part here in a song and, uh, Prince or the actor playing Prince who Mm -hmm. actually did a pretty good job, but. He's in the booth, mm-hmm. and he he hurt. He hears that mm-hmm. like I don't know about this part here, and you just hear him say, "Get out of my studio."
3: I'm guessing they were in Paisley Park.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, they, oh, god! Not, this was before Paisley Park. <laughs> <laughs> this is before that. Um, so he just says, "Get out of my studio," and the executive was like. He just told me <laughs> And the and the engineer or the producer he was working, with, he's like, I think you should leave. <laughs> oh man. So they're probably was like that with Terrence Short Darby. I would not be surprised if he had if he had those kind of moments. Um like I said, I think he and Prince were very had very similar attitudes. Yeah. Um in which they believed in themselves. Uh almost to a fault. <laughs> to a, uh yeah. one thing I wanted to uh tell you about there was an interview. This is from a website, I love old school music.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh there's a website to where um uh Terry Strip Darby had a little bit of a little bit of beef with Michael Jackson. Why? <laughs> um and some in and believes there there was an agenda on the part of Sony Music, the FBI, and the CIA. So um, he first says Michael used his tremendous influence and control of the Beatles catalog to ensure that My Way was compromised. I can honestly stand before God at judgment and testify that the great master Jackson was a bona fide life changing pain in my ass. Damn! <laughs> uh, how you really feel? Right? <laughs> he said uh, he hated me, and yet circumstances being as we find them. None of that made him any less a hero to me for all that he had already done to inspire my youth in coming together as a servant of the music. So he still respects him. He's being very dramatic in saying it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he still respects him, but um, we felt that he was against him. And he says, bear in mind that Sony was scared shitless of myself and Master Jackson being close.
3: Why he keep calling him Master Jackson? <laughs> this is...
0: Uh, Then again, so is the FBI and the CIA, particularly African-American talent is watched and scrutinized carefully that they not put their minds together towards anything not on the system's agenda, lest they inspire greater discussion and participation in the body politic among those regarded as their people. He's getting a real conspiracy. But yeah, this is this, Conspiracy Brother Jones.
3: Yeah, this is <laughs> Master Jackson and conspiracy <laughs> Darby. Um yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Okay.
0: Um and uh just looking at some other interviews. Hard to find some like video evidence of it, but
3: Yeah, there's not yeah. many did I'm guessing he didn't do many interviews. I don't think so. Cause I, there's just not much out there, even though I know he's older, but you can still also similar to
0: Prince. Yeah. who Did not do many interviews. Yeah. Um, he, this was during the release of his album, the rise of the Z- Zegebrian time Lords. So, you know, this is where he is now, now as Sananda Montreal. So this is where he went.
3: James
0: Genius unchecked. Genius, <laughs> unchecked. Um, so, uh, you know, asking about the name change, um, moving to Europe. That's where for a, for a while I did think he was British. Yeah, me too. I assumed he was British. <laughs> um, yeah.
3: cause I mean, it, soul music's so big over there, like <laughs> it's so huge. Uh,
0: well, there's a question here that says early in your career, you, some dubbed you egotistical because you referred to yourself as a genius. How do you see it now? Today, Kanye West gets similar flack for his comments. What could he learn from your experience? He says, every man must bear the cross that he recognizes as his own. I was feeling the excitement of my youth as he is feeling the burden of confidence and power. The only way out is through. At the end of the day, the same people throwing stones at him now will agree with him later. He just has to put his time in like all of us bitches. <laughs> oh, this guy's he's... Man... He's got away with words. Um, mm. so yeah. And then he eventually has like a conversation about Robert Johnson, like the blues, blues? guitarist, okay. Robert Johnson. So, um, he knows his history at teams. Yeah. Yeah. I would not, I would not doubt him there. Um, what was the one thing I wanted to bring up? Okay. It was about the, uh, the song sign your name, which mm-hmm. he wrote himself. Um, this was the first song that I, that I heard by him. It was the, the only song I had heard for the longest time because I don't know. And I feel like I never heard the song enough for real. Yeah. It was like, I would hear it. And then, you know, a few years later I'd hear it on mm-hmm. the radio. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I like, yeah. Like, I like this song. And the one person who, you know, really liked it. Show Crow. Cheryl Crow did cover this song, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, with Justin Timberlake on the backing vocals.
3: It should have (laughs) been (laughs) reversed. It should have been no offense to Cheryl Crow. You know, I love her, but Justin Timberlake could have probably killed this song. And I mean, she started out as a backup singer for Michael Jackson, anyway. So you know.
0: Um, What I liked about this song is the more that you hear it, you hear like the influences of world music, Mm -hmm. possibly from the Caribbean oh, yeah. or, or Africa
1: mm-hmm.
0: or um, uh, I was trying to see if iTunes included something like that in their review but either way <laughs> um, uh, and then it's that synth pop that you may think the rest of the album yeah. is like but it's not I get, well, the last, the last I heard this, I heard this song in a movie, only one movie, it was in Knocked Up.
3: This was in Knocked Up? This is in Knocked Up. What part?
0: Um, I think the, uh, I forget what their characters' names are in the movie, but after she's, like, maybe seven or eight months pregnant, mm-hmm. they're told that maybe they should, um, they should have sex to a labor, or something like that, or may have been before that, but oh. <laughs> When they're trying to have sex and it's uncomfortable, <laughs> they turn this, song, this on? song was playing. Oh, god,
3: <laughs> it's been years since I've seen that movie. I like it though. Um,
0: huh. and this and the chorus is the only part of the song that I knew for the yeah. longest time, you know. Um, but hey, if you guys want to listen to Sheryl Crow's version. I mean it's okay.
3: Well I the thing I like about Shir Crow's version is because I like Memphis soul music, it's done in that style. Yeah. I just wish there was a better singer. <laughs> and that's I don't mean that as an insult. I guess it kind of is an insult mm-hmm. to her.
0: But like she's just, you know Hey look, if she's a good enough vocalist to where Justin Timberlake is willing to take a back seat,
1: Justin or if Michael, is Jackson is, or if Michael Jackson is
0: or Michael Jackson lets her sing the songs that Ceta Garrett was singing on bad. Tim
3: Buck says he didn't even know her name.
0: <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, the
3: chick from the Midwest." He he, he probably knows where he's from. He probably didn't care, but like, yeah, I mean, like Justin Timberlake. If you're listening, I always say that they're not listening. But if you are listening,
0: like JC is better than you. But ooh, I'm trying to get him to do something,
3: but he's right. Like, JC is better than you. <laughs> um, but sing this for us, man. Like, cause hers it had like the the org the Rhodes Piano I mean it was it was so it was so smooth I think the first time I heard that was on a plane (laughs) I was flying somewhere and I heard it I was like this is pretty good
0: this song I would also hear um, on the adult contemporary station that Mm -hmm. I told you my mom worked at for a while they would play this song.
3: Adult contemporary stations are good, man. You find a lot of good... Not not so much anymore. No. Because all adult contemporary is now is like the pop songs that adults like. <laughs> like, back then, it was a completely different genre. I feel like it's just a lot of Adele or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now it's just like, oh, that song that, like, the young people don't like, but the old people do. Okay, cool. Like, or even if young people like it and adults like it, like, Shut Up and Dance, That's that was like on the <laughs> adult contemporary tracks. But, like, everyone liked that song. That's not adult contemporary. That's not... You know, that's not, um, I'm trying to think of adult contemporary artists now. I can't think of them. Michael Bolton. That's not Michael Bolton. Michael Woobley. Yeah, that's not. Um, Bonnie Raitt. Oh, Bonnie Raitt. I'm going, to Mary Lane laying down right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, memories. But no, <laughs> but this, but just to, not to go off. This is a really, this is a really good song. And I agree. Like there were some world music influences there he played all the instruments on it. So whether it be just from like some of the mode, some of the, um, the key, he, the keys he wrote in, or maybe like, you know, the, um, the scales that he used to write the, um, to write the melodies. I'm trying to think of how really to say this.
0: It know? had some, um, and how it like, these is where the legit Prince comparisons come in yeah. having like, it's kind of a, was considered a uh, Baroque pop or sophistopop, pop, mm-hmm. uh, which you may hear in artists like, um, uh, let me go to my list, like, it, Sade. like Sade. our Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, really let me, let like me that pull that up. I, ha- I have a sophista pop list. I don't think it's public, yeah. but, um, but like he
3: wrote that in what sounds like if, and I might be wrong. A harmonic minor, so like it's definitely in a minor key, which typically a minor key it evokes more emotion, sometimes yeah. more of a sad emotion. And then the harmonic minor, I can't remember what what note of the scale it kind of flattens, but it gives it more of a Middle Eastern sound. Um, and I remember, like you know, in band when we used to play that scale, we would call it the Aladdin scale because as you played it, it sounded like an Aladdin. It sounded like it belonged in like Arabian nights or something. And it sounds like that's what he's using here. Then with the backbeat on the drum machine, you get that kind of world, the middle Eastern Caribbean type
0: feel to it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, you can, there are a lot of different influences in that song. Um, which makes it so great and and memorable for Mm me. Um, and with the, uh, with the with that song, um and what like with this album, like I said, it's it's underrated to me. And the predecessor of Dio Soul, like I, I can I definitely like see mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh to where uh, artists could use different influences. I mean it's basically it, it's probably gonna be more um more uh I guess you'd say more blues based. Um you know, but also like stripped down and yeah. a little minimal, but or at least on like production wise. And there's a focus on the vocals. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see that. And um, but I think with this album, it's it's definitely um, an R&B album mm-hmm. that that gets that gets forgotten. And I don't know if he for- tries to forget about I, it. I wonder because, I mean, you don't hear much. He doesn't tour. He's changed his name, so he
3: I'm I can't imagine he's still performing stuff from his old
0: name. Yeah. So yeah. I mean he, he has the the right to, but yeah. you know, who knows? Um Yeah, I have I really have nothing else to add about this no, album. I mean, but I, I think everyone who has an opportunity to listen to it. Yeah. Um there's definitely I think people who who know of the song, they know know of the singles go back and listen to the the whole album and I think you would gather a new appreciation for it.
3: Yeah, you will. I know I did. Yeah. And, uh, well also we forgot to mention the reason we even picked the album because it turns 30 this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We were just, we were looking at albums that turned 30 this year, feeling old. And (laughs) this album is 1987 of July. So, you know, this year it will turn 30 and that's crazy. 30 years old. And it, I mean, like if, I don't want to say it sounds dated, but you can tell it came out in the eighties. It
0: it I mean it it is dated, yeah. but you know, people still like we talk about Fleawood Mac, that was forty years ago. <laughs> yeah. There are albums that people still listen to, they're like, Oh, it's timeless. The Saturday Night, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, really it is timeless? It's not
3: timeless. I love I love Stand Alive as much as the next person. If that is time in a bottle
0: if if nothing else. Okay. That is a Saturday Night Fever is a is a period piece. At the latest, <laughs> it might
3: sound like it came out in the eighties.
0: At the latest. <laughs> but 1980. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's when the sequel came out.
3: Hold on, have people really said that the Saturday Night Fever album is timeless?
0: I mean yeah, they feel like it like it's it's Yeah.
3: They can't, yeah. they can't be younger than fifty. It can't be, like that album is, and they've ignored pop music for the last 15 years. Like that is not, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I love staying Alive, especially when I started to break down the lyrics and like the line, you know, the the New York Times effect on man, it's not a bad, not a bad line, not a bad line, but it's not timeless. So, (laughs) (laughs) and this album is not timeless either. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making an album that fits the moment. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Uh, just to give you also a rundown of the awards that were won with this particular album. Um, it won, uh, it won a, uh, Grammy for best male R and B vocal performance for the entire album. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was also nominated for best new artist. Um, let's see who did he lose to? I think, it was Jody Watley. I'm looking for a new... Let life. me... That came on the other day. <laughs> Let me uh, check on that. Yes, it was Jody Watley. He was also nominated with Breakfast Club. <laughs> we- <laughs> Breakfast Club. Right. Uh, and not the people in New York. No, if you don't not the radio show. Are, please no. go look them up. Yes. Uh, cutting Crew. Okay. And swing out sister
3: I like swing out. I recently discovered them. I don't know why I'm too excited, but yeah, I like swing out sister
0: <laughs> they um they're really big in like in asia I didn't know they Europe. were still performing, yeah. yeah they're still yeah, they're still out there but I saw something on v h one a long time ago uh to which they were talking about. Like, I think it was like the greatest one hit wonders of the 80s. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Swing Out Sister and they always talk about like what they're, what they're doing now. And like yeah, Swing Out Sister has come out with their ninth album and someone's like, Jeez. who would have thought Swing Out Sister would come out with nine albums? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Break out. <laughs> That's what they're doing in Asia. Um, also swing out, of swing out Sister, if anyone's listened to any of Childish Gambino's mixtapes, mm-hmm. like anything before camp, okay, on the mixtape called Poindexter. He has an album in which he samples twilight world by swing out sister. I'll play that for you after the show. Um, he used some really obscure samples. Yeah. And also on that same mixtape, he sampled easy lover. Yeah. You play that for me.
3: (laughs) Such such random samples. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for our discussion on Terrence Trent Darby. the, in, introducing. the introducing the hard line, mm-hmm. according to Terrence Trent Darby.
3: I'm going to do some more. His, I, I want to know what that means.
0: The hard line. <laughs> what is the hard line? What is the hard line? Um, I think this episode should have a really long title.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you will see a really long title for this episode. Emo style, baby. Yes. Emo style. <laughs> Shout out to Fallout Boy. Yes. Um, so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh this earworm is included on the infamous Wheelit playlist. Wheelit? Um this is a rapper. I hope this name is pronounced Spike and he just spells it in a funny way. S P Y C C because the other pronunciation it is, is really just offensive. offensive. <laughs> so I'm gonna say it's Spike.
3: Where is he from?
0: Um I am not certain. Um, Let's <laughs> see if he's from Texas <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me see if I can find out where he is from Is it S-P-Y C-C S-P-Y-C-C? Yeah
3: Yeah, I hope so
0: um, I, He may be from New Zealand
3: Looking at him, maybe it's an ironic name that he gave himself, I don't know
0: it is pronounced spike according to his Twitter profile okay. and his Facebook profile it is pronounced spike. So let y'all know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he is from New Zealand. Okay. So this is a song by spike featuring high hoops, uh, called, um, uh, other lover. It's a single spike only has three songs on Spotify, but this was on a discover weekly playlist. A few, months ago okay. and I'd added it um so yeah this is spike featuring high hoops called other lover and we will be right back
4: I don't want no other-
5: Underneath the stars, off the dark, getting juicy. juicy. The camera taking shots like a Uzi. Let some bark on them handlebars. I'm like a two speed rolling. Her eyes change color like a moon and an I've seen things only that the moon seen the ocean. And wash away the sins for the moment. I grabbed her by her bosom and I told her. I don't want them- Shimmy, shimmy y'all in the car till we blase. Give this chick my last name. Only hung a lineage, she innocent. I showed her the way of the babe. Ooh, the night is getting younger. Tell me what you wanna do. Drop the Wintry Hill and sip some wine upon the roof. Pick up the guitar, you the one. Then I looked her in the eyes and I saw. Her. in her eyes. She tattoos my skin with the print of her lips. When with you, it's just the stuff exists. I, I miss you when I'm still with you. If we can be together, I'd rather just Josh. i rather be between you and that's the naked truth. I just made it all and said to you. Uh.
0: All right. That is Other Lover by Spike featuring High Hoops. And you can find that on, well, the Intramus We Playlist and our B T T Y H T earworms playlist available right now. No smooth. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for our episode. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else we need to say. No, not Nothing, really. Yeah,
3: well, I think we lit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Ben, what, uh, where can the people find us? There are six
3: ways because we counted. Yes, there is the Google play. Um, app there is the itunes store there is podomatic which we post those we, we embed those on the uh, by the time you hear this.com um, we have um, the tune in radio app we have satchel podcast player and we have cast box six ways to find us um, including one central location of by the time you hear com i think i think that's a lot of ways to find us that should be enough yes if you can't find us in one of those ways and you need seven then sorry like <laughs> 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 so yeah but yeah that's where you can find us um of course you can find us on uh facebook at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you um if you want to find us on the hipper social media um instagram which i feel like is is where because young people are leaving facebook let's be real they're yeah they're leaving and they're going should we get a snapchat
0: I don't know. I feel we like we should, nut. but I, yeah. Um,
3: Plus everything you can do now, like they're just taking it and putting it on Instagram and, and Facebook, Facebook, Took Facebook. that
0: kind of feature too. So. they
3: got the, um, I got a notification from Instagram, all new vanishing pictures. That's what they're calling them. Vanishing pictures or vanishing videos. I'm like, so snaps, but you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> and by the time you hear this spelled with the um, letter U, because we're
0: urban. I mean, uh, upstanding. Sorry. Whoa, I'm sorry. Trying to get oh a shot, God. man. Huh? Oh God. Oh God. You're uh,
3: uh. going to get deported. I don't know where to, but, <laughs> um, also the
0: same well, spelling for, I guess since it, it didn't happen within the first 100 days of, of our president's presidency. So it's probably not going to happen. Oh, I, ain't, I ain't putting nothing So past we'll be him. okay. I think we're going to be okay. I ain't putting nothing past him.
3: He just ain't got here yet. <laughs> he forgot the South, but, um, and then if you want to email us same spelling, by the time you hear this with the letter, u at com, we'd love to hear from you. Um, even if it's not on email, leave us a review. Um, I think you can. I know you can leave them on iTunes. Can you leave them on Google Play, as well? Uh, I'm not sure. I got it an Android. I'll download. I it think so.
0: I think you can.
3: I'll look. But um, you know, and if you can't, and if all you have is Android, then drop us a line, gmail.com. It's it all works together. If you got Google Play, you got Gmail. Um, same thing on Potomatic. You know, just leave us a review. Um, plus what you think. Um, yeah. We, we look forward to hearing from you. I'm going to say it, speaking into existence <laughs> as the old folks say.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for our episode. Um, I, I think we'll end the show with the only single we didn't play. The we'll uh, dance, dance little, little sister. sister. Yeah. Is that a, do you think that's appropriate? I think that's appropriate. All right. So dance little sister by Terrence Trent Darby from introducing the hardline according to Terrence Trent Darby. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.
2: Get up out of your rocking chair, Grandma! Or rather, would you care to dance, Grandmother?